All right. Thank you, Heidi. Okay. Love having a really secure password and then all the time it takes to type it in, right? It's an unnecessary password. Sometimes my kids need to get in here and they're not always appreciative of the security measures. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about, um, huh. should I try this? Maybe I won't try it this week. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, where's my announcement? There we go. i got to shift my pages around. So, <clears throat> thank you and welcome. Welcome. Omaha Vineyard Church. We're here. And God is with us. And um, we have offering boxes. And uh, we also have some online options, touch-free uh, giving options. OmahaVineyard.org has a giving page you can click on for um, PayPal. And then there is an app called Church Center. And within the Church Center app, you can connect to Omaha Vineyard Church, make that your church, and uh, provide your information that way if you wanted to. Otherwise, there's a giving option in there as well. So... Um, Yesterday was a long day for me. Me and Mark and uh, his neighbor went up to Denison, Iowa for the Tri-City Barbecue Competition. And temps ranged from 54 to what felt like 86 and high humidity. <laughs> and standing around breathing in a lot of smoke and whatever. But I was, I was thinking about, you know, all of us have got stuff been a tough week, it seems like, for a lot of people, a lot of stress uh, for work or for grief or for whatever else we're carrying. And thinking about that this morning, I was rem reminded of in the um, what's called the Great Awakening, it was a, this revival that happened in, a, in the, uh, America in the, in the 1720s and 30s, and how this one preacher named Jonathan Edwards, <clears throat> he would write these he would script out these long-winded sermons, but he would read in a monotone voice. And here's his quote. Although his method of speaking lacked enthusiasm, his words were powerful. And there's stories of people like falling down, weeping, clinging to furniture, just racked with the power of God descending on them while the orator is simply reading his reading verses from scripture and it made me think you know what we can we can come with what we've got and the lord can take it and do mighty things i thought i'd read from isaiah real quickly here just to get us started When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. 
When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and who we are to you. We don't deserve We have done nothing to make ourselves you know, more worthy in your eyes. And yet, you love us, and you look for us, and you long for us to be part of your family, and part of your work that you're doing, and you invite us. Lord, may this time that we spend looking at your word and considering what we see open our eyes to who you are and what that might mean for how we live, how we interact with our, our days and the people that we come in contact with. In the name of Jesus, amen. I think my bookmark's in the wrong place. No, that's right. So I, I've mentioned this before. I've been uh, listening to a podcast that's done by the uh, uh, senior and executive pastors of the Overland Park Vineyard Church, Vineyard Community Church. It's called Freely and Lightly, a podcast about learning the unforced rhythms of God's grace. And they talk about basically like having a deeper relationship with God. And how would you end up having a deeper relationship with anyone? Spend time with them. Well done. Gold star girl. You spend time with them. Well, you didn't. Sorry. Good morning. <laughs> Sipping my coffee. You spend time with them, right? You spend time with them, you get to know them, they get to know you. And they talk about different ways that you, we can spend time with God. Whether it's meditating on a verse or a couple of verses in Scripture. Um, spend time with Him relationally. Spend time without an agenda. And that can be done in prayer. Some of you may think, what? I thought prayer was delivering my laundry list of to-dos to God. <laughs> well, sometimes that's how it is. But it can also be relational, right? Where we just are present and ask the Lord, what do you want to bring up? What do you want to talk about? There can be silence, being silent with God. And that's, it's not just not making noise, but it's, it's making room in our heart and our mind, for God. Because even if we're not making noise, there can be a lot of noise going on, right? In our, in our thoughts. And so all of these things require some focus. <clears throat> Jesus spent time like this with his Father. 
right? He would go away to lonely places. He would spend all night praying. He was close to the Father's heart. In John 1.18, where John is talking about the Word who is made flesh, talking about Jesus, he says this, No one has ever seen God but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So today, our focus will be on doing what the Father is doing. And to answer the question, why? Uh, We're going to look at a passage in Scripture where Jesus tells his critics that he is, doing what the Father is doing. And so what I want us to do is to kind of look for revelation, look for clues, for ways to better understand who the Father is. What is his heart? And as we spend time learning the unforced rhythms of God's grace and our own journey, having God revealed to us And learning to hear his voice, I think, will answer for us. What is the Father doing? And also, how are we being invited to join him in what he's doing? Let's pray. Lord, we invite you, we invite your spirit to have your way this morning as we as we think, as we use words, as we um, sit at your feet. Lord, we want to encounter you through your scripture and through your spirit. You are present with us. Make yourself known to us this morning. Amen. All right, so we are in our series, Faith is Spelled R-I-S-K. And we've been, we've been looking at these words, right? Belief, faith, conviction, and risk. And when you read the phrase, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, do you sense the paradox between the words? Faith is a word, as we noted in Hebrews 11, that means being assured of what we hope for. Faith is stabilizing, centering, and confidence-building as a word, right? Think of faith. Risk, on the other hand, is a word that speaks of a lack of assurance, a lack of predictability, and even danger. Right? Who would connect ideas like trusting in God, faith, with jumping out of an airplane? Risk. In this motto, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, we feel the kingdom paradox, the tension of faith and risk. And that powerful combination, oh, this doesn't sound like me, this is from the, the handbook from Vineyard USA. That powerful combination is like mixing potent explosive chemicals in a lab, leading to experiences with God that can both baffle and surprise us. Wonders can baffle and surprise us. The Father's heart 
can baffle and surprise us. So what I want to do is take a look at uh, John chapter 5, verses 8 through 19. kind of starts in the middle of a group um, and then goes into another middle of another group. But what I want to look at is, can we establish a, a conviction about the Father? Can we look at this and come away with, I... The, the Father's heart has been revealed to me, and now I know or understand Him better. And, and with this understanding and knowledge of who the Father is and what His heart is about, what does that mean for the rest of us, right? So let me read this, and then we'll ask some questions. So <clears throat> I'll back up. So Jesus shows up at a temple. He sees this man who's been lame for 38 years. And he, he, he wants to get to this pool because apparently an angel will stir the waters in the pool and the first person in there gets healed. But he can't get in there because he's lame. He, he's paralyzed. He can't move. So Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And he says, yeah. So here we go. Verse 8, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. So he did what he was told. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. In, uh, but he replied, is he like explain? Is he like trying to calm him down? Listen, the man who healed me told me, "Pick up your mat and walk." That should, right? I've been healed, and the man that healed me, or is he saying, "Hey, uh, 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 the man who healed me said to pick up your mat and walk." Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. They're baffled, right? The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him. Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. And then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Verse 16, so the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. What is going on with these Jewish leaders? For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. Oh, that sounds dangerous. Here we go, 519. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So, if we think about this story that we just heard, what do you observe about the Father? If we believe Jesus, the Father's at work, He's at work on the, on the Sabbath. 
and he heals on the Sabbath. What, what, what kind of observation would we make about that? He sets the rules. What was that? He doesn't care about time. His goodness, his work will sometimes break Sabbath rules. <gasps> he doesn't care about the rules. There's a point at which Jesus says, <clears throat> man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. Anything else? Any other observations? Sometimes doing the right thing. Oh, doing what the Father's doing means you break man's rules. Interesting. So what do you observe about the Son? Jesus' role in all this. He makes no apologies for obeying God. Love it. He makes no apologies for obeying God. You guys are so focused, I would say you guys, he's saying to the Jewish religious leaders, you guys are so focused on obeying these minutiae rules, and you miss the miracle. Yeah! There, there's another time where Jesus is talking to, to uh, religious leaders, and he's like, you guys will strain out a gnat and swallow a whole camel. I know, gross. Little things spit. What were you going to say, Liz? God has a purpose, and, and from what we observed about the Father, what can we say about his purpose? What, kind of, what conviction can we have about his purposes? Interesting. What, what did it... What, I mean, in this story specifically, what, what occurred? Uh, someone, was healed. someone was healed. He was set free from limitations in his body, wasn't he? Wow. After 38 years of struggling. And here's what I was thinking. Was it just because Jesus was willing to obey the Father that finally... This man was healed. What if somebody else had stepped in at 20 years or 15 years or three years and said, get up, roll up your mat, and walk? But they didn't because they weren't doing what the Father's doing. I don't know. That's, we'll chew on that for over lunch. <laughs> All right, so God's love and his patience and his healing and his setting free is unrestricted. 
by Sabbath rules. Let me take it you know, right out of here, right? So as children of the Father, as followers of the Son, what convictions should this establish for us? Frog. Fully reliant on God. Sorry. Did that uh, leap out at you? Need <laughs> <laughs> frogs are well yeah the frogs are old that doesn't mean it's an old reference I like that though my allegiance is to the Lord I mean, that's like what Jesus was saying wasn't it the father is always at work and so am I well they didn't like that because they, they saw that as him saying I'm equal with God Oh, that's really good. That's really hard, too, isn't it? Trusting in the Lord so much that we are out of our control. We trust that what we have observed of the Father is His true heart, and it's always true regardless of our circumstances. And there will be times when He may be inviting us to do something for someone while a rule uh, enforcer <laughs> will observe us breaking their rules. You know, it makes me think of, um, you know, World War II Germany, where people who were saving their neighbors from the concentration camps and from extermination from the Nazis were breaking the rules. They were breaking the rules that were set by their local governance by keeping a family of Jews safe. Yeah. And that takes, that's a risk, isn't it? If my conviction says that the Lord loves and he's at work and his, his work sometimes goes beyond our rules and he invites us to join him because he is at work in a person's life who the rules would say they're beyond help. It's a waste to help them. And yet he calls us to help them. That's, that's a risk. I, I was, you know, we were um, in a youth group setting once, and one of the girls was talking about she had planned, to, she had a planned trip to Haiti. And I don't know that it matters what year you're planning a trip to Haiti; it's always dangerous, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> she was talking about how someone in her life was saying, "You can't do that, or you shouldn't do that, or it's, it would, it'll be dangerous to do that." She's like, "Well." That's the trip I'm taking. She, and it was a mission trip that she was taking. And I was talking to her about that was a clash of cultures where on one hand you stay safe 
You stay in control, right? You follow the rules. And then there's this other culture, which is we go, we serve, we love, and sometimes it's not safe. And sometimes it's against the rules. And sometimes it's out of our control. That's the kingdom life. That is the kingdom life. You know, you're going along, minding your own business, the Holy Spirit begins to whisper to you that there's something that He wants you to do in the life of another. Well, these convictions help you as you're about to ask someone if you can carry, if you can pray with them in the checkout line or at a football game. And if, you've, if, if it's new to you, you haven't done it that often, I mean, Mark and I, we, we've, we've only done three, now four barbecue competitions. A lot of times we feel awkward. Oh, we don't know what we're, <laughs> what we're doing. It's normal. It's normal, right? When we're learning to do something, it's normal to be, be uncomfortable, for it to be awkward. Just like in early dating days, right? Your heart rate begins to rise. Your palms start to sweat. Before you make that phone call or approach that boy or girl, it's normal. It's normal, right? One of the reasons we do ministry time here is so that it's a safer place to practice praying for others. I feel like I've got a word for you. I, or does this make sense, you know? I can't tell you how often <clears throat> I'll see something that doesn't make sense to me when I'm uh, praying for someone. And I mention it, and maybe not even the person I'm praying for, but somebody who knows the person I'm praying for will be like, yeah, I know the situation well enough. to, to that's, that's from the Lord. But honestly, that only happens like half the time. <laughs> Most of the time, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I am also learning to hear the voice of God. But we want to, we want to do it. We want to get better at it. We want, we want to feel, I, w- I want to see us feel less awkward. That's going to take practice, though. That's going to take more competitions. That's going to take more chances of rejection when we ask that girl to the dance. But the important thing to remember is what Jesus said in John 1, 5, I'm sorry, John 1, John 5, 19, right? Where he says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father is doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So when we do take that risk, God's the hero, not me, right? Jesus, the Spirit, the Father, He's the hero. He draws all men to Himself. So our job is clearly not to draw people to ourselves, right? But it is to join the Father in what He the Father is already doing in someone's life. 
Obedience is where we succeed or fail. Healing or a word of encouragement are not things that we get to take credit for. As long as we are saying yes to the leading of the Spirit, we're doing our part. When the Vineyard USA talks about building churches and, and leadership development, and it's not about creating heroes. We already have our hero. If we can just get to that place where we are like the sun and we're just doing what we see our Father doing. If we're willing to take that risk and, and, and do the thing, get out of control, out of our control, that is where we are doing the will of the Father, right? It's just obedience. So, instead of making ourselves the hero of a faith meets risk story, we instead work on our skills of following the real hero into what he is already about. And that's where I have found real value in that podcast I keep talking about, Freely and Lightly. It's about <clears throat> spiritual development, and it takes time. And it takes um, focus. And these guys are talking about trying to be silent for like one minute at a time, or two minutes at a time. But the real, you know, if, if we keep going back to that, that question, why? why? Why would we do that? Why do we care what the Father's doing? What it has to start with is that belief, right, that conviction regarding God the Father. That He's always at work in the people around us. His love and his healing and his salvation, his setting people free, regardless of rules, regardless of safety. Is at work and where our role as a follower is to join him, join the Father in what the Father is already doing. So how, how is it that we do our job? Do we have our, oh, I think I had some, there we go. <clears throat> What's our conviction and belief about the Father? He is in control. I love that. He's in control and I can trust his control. He is at work in someone else's life, and I get to join him in what he's doing. I don't have to try and figure out 
what to do. I can just try to obey, right? Try to understand, learn to hear what the Father is doing so that I can just obey. So how do we do our job? We start with our conviction of what God is. He's in control. He's, his loving work is at work in people already. We learn to hear his voice, right? Learn to perceive, to see what the Father is doing. And then we join him in his loving work. There are, I'll tell you, when I, this is, this can be really uncomfortable. I mean, we can agree, we we can sit in this little room and agree, yeah, that's what God's like. Yeah, that's our job. But it really is a risk to look at ourselves because I'll listen to this podcast and I'll be like, I do, I do not spend enough time in the Word. I do not meditate. I do not set time aside to hear from the Lord enough. Right? But if God's love and control and salvation and healing is always at work. And it's not tied to our rules. Maybe I don't have to go through all that, you know, self-lashing. I want to be in relationship with God. I want the peace of trusting that he's in control. I want to be able to hear him invite me into the work that he's already doing in someone else's life. Why? Because I love to see people set free. I love to see healing and salvation come to a person's heart, to a person's body. I believe that God is powerful and that he's more powerful than the enemy. And like any good story, I love seeing good overcome evil. So... where faith meets risk and we decide that doing what the Father is doing is what we want to do. We start with, this is my conviction about who the Father is and understanding that it's not about me. I just get to obey. So it's learning to hear his voice and 
recognize his voice. And we were talking last night with one of our kids about lots of interesting ideas that get circulated about good and evil, right? There's lots and lots of entertainment, and that's how I'm going to phrase it. There's lots of entertainment that includes like angelic or demonic forces. Hmm. Can we go back to this as our source? Can this be our source of conviction? Because what we believe influences how we think, and how we think influences how we behave. So, I have been influenced by the Lord Jesus and I want my life to be like his. And he said, I do whatever the Father is doing, the Son also does. And, you know, at the, light, the, the place in the life of this church I wonder, what is the Father doing? <laughs> because I want to do what he's doing. And the only, the only light I get is like the next step, right? And it's just keep on, keep on. So even though I feel out of control, even though it feels like a risk, My conviction is what the Father's heart is. That He's good. And that He's at work to set people free, to heal them, and to bring them salvation. To include them in His family. And that's what I want to be a part of. I appreciate you guys hanging in there. As we seek out God's will in our own lives. Let's pray. Jesus, even you spoke in parables so that it was confusing, so that folks who were truly interested in you had to work at discovering you. Lord, as unfair as it may feel, we're going to keep working at discovering you. And we're going to take what we observe from you as our conviction that influences our thoughts and our behaviors. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we learn to hear your voice. Lord, I pray that you would um, guide us as we practice hearing your voice and applying our obedience to your voice as we gather.
Lord, may we start to apply the truth of who we know you to be to all of the areas of our lives. Our struggles at work, our grief over the loss of loved ones, our bodies that stop cooperating. You are Lord. And you've got a plan. You've got a reason. We don't need to figure out what your reason is. If we can just know who you are, put our faith in you, take those faith meets risk steps in obedience to you, the rest will figure itself out. Help us to see what you are doing. Help us to hear your voice, Lord. And may we, through your strength and courage and power, be able to do what you are doing. Join you in what you are doing. And see our neighbors and our co-workers and our friends, and our city. Experience your great grace and love and healing and salvation and being set free. Come in power in the city of Omaha. Come in power in me, please, in my family, in my workplace, May we be people who, it's obvious, have been with you. Amen. Let me pronounce our blessing, and then let's spend some time hearing from the Lord and praying for each other. That's where the rubber meets the road. Omaha in your church, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen.